This is Loggers and Loudmouths, Conversations Unfiltered. What's going on, guys? Thanks again for tuning in to Loggers and Loudmouths, Episode 6. My name is Ty. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Cam. And as is tradition, Cam, why don't you introduce the beer we are cracking open? I can do that. Uh, It would not be Loggers and Loudmouths without a good beer. So this week, uh, actually tomorrow, happens to be my birthday. So I found the perfect beer in my fridge. And this beer is called Middle-Aged Adult Human. So this is a mouthful, so get ready for this one. This is a double IPA with guava, mango, pineapple, passion fruit, and lime. Um, Brewed at uh, Trillium Brewing Company. Trillium Brewing Company is a... uh, they're based, uh, they got a few locations. Their main location, I think, is uh, kind of in Boston, Massachusetts, however you say that word. It was uh, founded in about 2013, so it's about a decade old, a little over, by JC and Esther Titerault. Um So, that, again, their first kind of location was in Boston. Uh, they've got a great reputation. I, I have not personally been to Boston, but I've heard good things about them. So what I did is... Uh, I actually ordered a uh, uh, way more than I probably should have uh, order and had it shipped to my mom's house in Kentucky because Tennessee doesn't allow the shipping of alcohol. So thanks, Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, I've been very pleased with all of their beers up to this point. Uh, they got a ton of different beer styles. They, they're very heavy in the IPA scene, which a lot of places are these days. Uh, they're really, really well known for their kind of hop forward beers, which again, a lot of people tend to like. They also kind of have a pretty good cult kind of following for their limited releases and their special events. Uh, so they do a lot of kind of small batch experimental type things as well. So yeah, um, you've already cracked it. Let me crack it. How's it taste? I, I like it a lot. It's, it's definitely an IPA, but it's not overly hopped. I don't think I, you really get a lot of the, the guava, the Ooh. mango, the pineapple, all those, you know, tropical fruits yeah, out of it. Yeah, you really do. And this one uh, creep up on you. It's 8%. Yeah, 8%. It doesn't drink like it, does it though, not in my at opinion. All. It, it tastes really good. I will say the can art on the front is pretty cool. It is really like, cool. Like Cam said, it's called Middle-Aged Adult Human. It's kind of a uh, photo of a just a middle-aged gentleman split right down the center. and Some they, anatomy in there. Yeah, I they, like it. The anatomy of the brain and the esophagus and, you know, the whole Yeah, we'll, we'll post a picture cranium. of the can along with our, uh, on our Instagram along with our... Uh, uh, podcast this week. You guys will enjoy that. But no, it's it's really tasty. I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this throughout our recording here. Yeah, this was, and it was also brewed in collaboration with The Vale Brewing Company, which I guess is out of uh, Richmond or Norfolk, Virginia. I okay. think they have a couple locations. I'm not sure which one is their main one. So yeah, right. good work, guys. Yeah, Great good beer. stuff. I love it. Let's jump into our serious topic for the day, Cam. Um, our serious topic today is going to be, how do you define the pursuit of happiness? And is it achievable? or simply a societal construct? That is an interesting one. So the first caveat here is obviously everybody's pursuit of happiness is going to be different. What you consider happiness and what I consider happiness are kind of two completely different things. What the lady down the street considers happiness might be completely different than what we think. Is it achievable? Um, So I kind of took this from uh, the American dream kind of uh, standpoint like is the american dream achievable yes and no there are caveats and there are circumstances that make it potentially achievable achievable but also circumstances that can make it potentially not achievable i think it all define it all comes down to how you define happiness in your life i think we'll start there then how, how would what for you is uh the happiness pursuit of happiness what would you consider that 
I think it's really easy to jump into kind of, you know, you know, money things, of course, of course. you know, material possessions, things like that. But I, I don't really think, at least I don't, I don't really kind of equate those with happiness. I think those things can, you know, make life more enjoyable or make it easier. But I don't think that is kind of the essence of happiness. For me, it's more of my ability to live my own life how I want to live it. So having the option to have choices, having freedoms to make decisions that, you know, will dictate the path of my life. That's kind of where my pursuit of happiness lies. Um, I think I think where I'm at in my point of life now, um, I, I would say I'm a genuinely happy person with, you know, where I'm at currently. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm a person who is very goal oriented as we've, you know, kind of talked about on future or uh, past episodes. Yeah, just because you're happy doesn't mean you're okay with, I mean, it doesn't mean you don't want to keep, yeah, going higher. Right. So I think that it's individualized. Um, like I said, for me personally, I want to, I want the freedoms to, you know, dictate the life that I want to live. And, um, I want to set, you know, goals for myself that I think achieving those goals also brings me happiness because it's, of course. it's, it's an achievement. You've accomplished something. You have a sense of fulfillment from that. Yep. Uh, I want to get back to that money. Cause you talked about money at the beginning that money does not, obviously money makes life easier. Nobody's going to argue that. And so don't come yelling at us said, Hey, if I had money, I would be happier. Yeah. I don't disagree. Money certainly is part of the equation. Uh, but I always kind of remember this uh, as a Jim Carrey quote, I think in the late eighties or something or nineties. That said something along the lines of, uh, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that's not the answer. And I think that kind of goes along uh, with, uh, the, yeah, money is great. Money makes life easier. Nobody's going to argue that point. But does it solve everything? No. And I think uh, you you see this a lot. And just think about like lottery winners. What happens with lottery winners? Right. Like, I don't know what the statistic is, but the overwhelming majority, you know, blow it and, yeah. you know, they're back to yeah. the worst position. They had money. They had the ability to do everything they wanted, apparently, and they it didn't work out well. So going back to, you know, the, the phrase pursuit of happiness, you know, the question is, 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 is it a societal construct? And what do you mean by societal construct? So a societal construct is defined as an idea that has been created and accepted by the people in a society. I, I don't know. I don't know that it's, I think people, I don't know that society created the want to be happy. Is that not just human nature to want to be happy? I think it is. I think it is very con- contingent. I mean, society certainly plays a factor in it. Right. I th- yeah. You have societal pressures, I think, of what the standard quo of happiness is. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but I don't see it that way. Um, it, a societal construct to me seems like, you know, society has made this the norm and this is what everybody is trying to achieve. I think people are naturally inclined to want to do better to themselves to a degree. Agreed. And really the, the happiness aspect of it, I think is going to have to come from, you know, your, your own self motivation. There's got to be some sort of intrinsic motivation there. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned before. Um, you know, happiness for one person is not happiness for another. Agreed. You know, if you don't have a pot to piss in, you know, happiness for you is just being able to find a place to sleep that's warm yep. at night. Whereas somebody who's a lot better off may have more, um, you know, defined, you know, 
definition and structure around what their happiness would be. Of course, of course. And I think that kind of goes back, uh, like I said, I kind of took this from the American dream standpoint. We're Americans, obviously, that's kind of the, what I thought of is like, is the American dream something that we can all, and I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with the pursuit of happiness. So is the American dream something that we can all uh, achieve? I keep going back to fulfillment. Um, Yeah. I, I really, I really equate the pursuit of happiness to fulfillment. And what fulfills me in my life, you know, my relationships with, you know, my wife, my family, my friends, you know, the people who I surround myself with. Yep. Your job obviously is fulfilling in a way. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It'd be great not to work. I don't, I don't know. Would you not work if you could have the opportunity to not work um, financially? If I financially did not need to work, um, I don't think I would ever stop working, but it goes back to that, you know, I have the freedom now and the choice to do something different with my life that I think would you know, maybe make me happier and maybe a little less stress. So I don't think that I would stop working, but I would, I would do something else that I would love to do. I'd something probably, more enjoyable. Right. Would you, I mean, yeah, I, I like my job, but yeah, it's, it, at the end of the day, it is a job. Right. And yeah, everyone's going to work, you know, and there's a lot of different, you know, checklists there, you know, fulfillment, happiness, but you go to work to, you know, be able to, you know, get paid and yep. live your life because everything costs money. Um, if I had the financial freedom to do whatever I want, I'd probably do a lot of projects around my house, you know, upgrade it, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably work at the brewery a lot more. Um, just doing doing what I want when I wanted to do it, but still keeping busy. I don't think I could ever be a person that would just sit, sit, in your, sit on your laurels and sit at home watching TV all day. Right. Yeah. What about you? Um... If, yeah, if, if, I, if uh, finances weren't an issue, um, obviously I'm big into fitness, so I would probably spend a lot more time uh, doing that, training for crazy races, Ironmans, ultramarathons, things like that. Um, I would want to travel a lot, too. I mean, there's so much of the world I haven't seen. I've been a few places abroad, but there's so much, so many places I haven't seen, and I think that would be fun, just enjoying different cultures. I, would, I really enjoy um, learning about different cultures. I was no. actually saying this uh Wednesday or Thursday, we had uh, some customers in from outside of the country, okay. and it's really cool to just talk to different people and understand, you know, where they're from and their part of the world, what their social norms are, and you know, every time, every time these you know people from abroad come in, I learn something pretty cool about their local yeah, culture. Hundred percent. And I think it'd be cool to go over and kind of see that firsthand and kind of explore the world a little bit more than we're able to at this point in our yeah, lives. So financially, that would definitely be one of my big things. Um, yeah, but I, I agree. I could not just sit back and just be like, all right, I got all the money. Let's just kind of chill at the house all day. I'd have to do something. Also, I don't think money's all that great if you don't have people to share it with. I agree, 100%. If you're just kind of by like yourself. If I was a multimillionaire with a bill or with multimillions of dollars, like that doesn't do me any good. Yeah, I could buy a bunch of cool stuff, but if I'm just trying to enjoy that by myself. It's like, I, I feel like it'd be cool for a little bit, but at some point it would get incredibly boring because you're now on the outskirts of kind of what society dictates that you're supposed to be yep. doing at that point in your life. And I, I think it would get really boring really quick. So if you don't have, you know, goals, the, the goals and people around you to kind of enjoy in your successes, yep. then it's, it's not as, you know, fulfilling in my opinion. No, I mean, look at you. You got a new job last week, and what was the first one of the first things you did? You sent us all a message in the group chat. I mean, that's that's what you want. You want those people that uh, you're surrounded with to kind of be happy with you and share in your successes. So, uh, yeah, it kind of goes along that line. 
it's cool because you know ever I share that information with everybody and everyone's was, was like hey man cool that's awesome I'm happy for you and those are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with yeah. in life you don't want people constantly tearing you down or being, being jealous, jealous because yeah. you know you're 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 moving a step up or whatever and they're not yeah it's you know I I like to surround myself with winners and when my friends succeed I feel like it pushes me to try to do better in my life too. And that's hard because we live in this social media world, again, kind of going back to our last episode about, or a couple episodes ago about social media where you're always kind of comparing yourself to the Joneses. Um, and then, yeah. It's, it's, not to cut you off, yeah, but yeah. so much of that shit on social media is fake and staged oh, 100%. anyway. It's like, it's not hard to, you know, rent a Lamborghini and make a eight second TikTok where you look like you're balling out of control. But that's not. Wait, we can do that. Oh, you could definitely. You, you have enough money, you could do it's anything. My, it buddy. is my birthday tomorrow. I mean, you haven't gotten me anything yet. I'm not going to get you a Lamborghini. <laughs> I'll get you a Matchbox car if you want. As long as it's a Lambo, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Right. Such such short notice. I know. All right, so let's let's kind of go back to this American. I, like I said, I took this from an American dream standpoint. So, do you? Um, again, pursuit of happiness. I think they go hand in hand. You kind of define your pursuit of happiness. I suppose I should define mine. I haven't officially defined it. Uh, for me, yeah, pursuit of happiness is financial stability. Obviously, that's going to play in there. Um, it's good relationships with my family, with my friends. Um, it's a kid and a family who are healthy. Um, obviously, the, the things that kind of go along with financial freedom, roof over your head, food in your belly, all that stuff, the beer I like. Um, again, that, that to me, that's... that's uh, that's happiness. Getting to do what I want. I can go out and exercise, and I'm physically able to do those things, and I can participate in these races. Uh, for me, again, for me, that's happiness. I don't need uh, mansions and all these. I mean, yeah, trips are nice, but I don't need to be taking trips every weekend to be happy. So we, I feel like we're both fairly happy individuals, yeah. but let's try to look at it from another person's perspective. You know, somebody who's not happy right now. Mm -hmm. Is the pursuit of happiness a realistic, um, you know, expectation for for somebody like that? But again, that's going to depend on what they consider to be happy. I mean, there, and there are people that are just generally not happy. They can have all the things in the world, but that does not necessarily make them happy. And in that case, no. Um, I think you, you, there's got to be some sort of internal uh, internal dialogue with yourself that says this is happiness for me. And maybe some people don't have that. I don't know. And I, it, it's definitely harder when you get dealt a shitty set of cards. Of course. Circumstances dictate it. And, th and that's where my comment came with earlier on, where you, you really do have to be self-motivated. And if you're in a less than advantageous situation, it's, it is going to be infinitely harder to try to have that motivation if, you know, the world's kicking you down all the time at every step of the way. Good. And yeah, this is a good segue because I was, like I said, American Dream is kind of where I took this. So uh, the American Dream, is it achievable? In my mind, um, yes and no. Uh, what, it, it, is it always achievable? I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, circumstances dictate. Uh, look, I mean, and I'm not uh, knocking on the Kardashians. I have nothing for or against them. But w would we have ever heard of the Kardashians if their dad didn't defend O.J. Simpson? I mean, maybe, yes, maybe not, you but know? yes, they have made well with that. And I, I don't, I don't fault them for taking advantage of those opportunities. Good on them. I would have did too. That. Yeah. But, uh, would we have ever heard of them? Probably not. Um, so I think a lot of the time circumstances dictate whether or not that American dream is achievable. If you're, uh, and, you know, we, but, we but the, go but ahead. the, but the Kardashian lifestyle is, it may not be the American dream. 
I mean, it oh, might. Oh, no, I agree 100%. I don't think it is for 99.9% of people. I don't, I don't. And I, care honestly, to be I don't think what we see is their real life either. Again, it's, it goes back to social media. They're, they're posing for their pictures. I think they're probably just like us, nine or seven days out of the week. Maybe, unless most of the time they're probably sitting at home taking care of their kids, eating dinner just like we do. I would argue that they're probably less happy than we are because, you know, they are in, I mean, that's, a, line that's line, an A list. Yeah. yeah, they're an A list celebrity. They're, in the media constantly being judged all the time invasion of privacy paparazzi i would lose my shit that would be terrible if i had to do that every day be terrible i so i it it really comes down to how how you define it and what you know inside of you drives you to you know find that happiness yeah but again so again in your opinion do you think the american dream it was kind of, like I said, I'm kind of taking this from a different standpoint, uh, similar but different. Is Do you think it's achievable? Yes. For all people. Ooh. That's the key. Because, I mean, yes, it obviously is achievable. I would say that I have achieved my version of the American dream. I'm, I'm very happy and content in my life. But is it is it achievable for all people? Saying all people is, is difficult. All it's people like, who want it. Yes. I do believe so. You think so? so? I think if, and I'm not saying it's easy. But I think if you have enough drive and enough motivation, you can pull yourselves out of a pretty low point in your life and try to improve it and work your way towards whatever you define happiness as. Can you always, though? See, I go back to uh, um, kind of the socioeconomic inequality, like people who are born in extreme poverty. How... How do they get out of that? I mean, yes, there are there are small ways, but those are such a minute uh, percent. Yeah, it's... And again, we, we could always go back to uh, racial discrimination as well. The people of different races do not have... I mean, it's easy for us to say we're both white American males. Um, so we have, uh, we have more opportunities than most. Yeah, if you don't... If you weren't born into those opportunities, yes, it's going to be infinitely harder. It, the world's not fair. I'm, no. You know, so... Yeah, it, but, you know, I, I guess I could see some circumstances where, I mean, if you're... If you're just so downtrodden and you've just been put in such a hole that you're climbing and you only get halfway up that hole and then you slip back down to the bottom. You really are then in a position where you have to rely on other people. Like you have to get, you would definitely have to get creative with how you're going to pull yourself out of that well, hole. And it kind of go back, goes back to what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think everybody needs... If you're put in a position, if you're not born with a silver spoon and all these opportunities, I think everybody needs some sort of break, something that just gives them that opportunity to get out of the hole. Whether or not they take advantage of that is completely up to them, but I think everybody needs that opportunity. Right, and I think that's kind of where our universal basic income topic that's kind true. of led us yeah. to as well. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking. It was like for me personally, again, born quite poor. I grew up pretty poor. Um, but for me, the opportunity was I got into an undergrad school that was completely tuition-free. That was kind of my stepping stone to getting out of poverty. Uh, but those are few and far between. I was going to say you got lucky. Yeah, I got very lucky, yeah. And there's... Those, you, th- those opportunities are not abundant. Luck, luck is not recreatable i would say no it's very opportunistic yeah and that and it it is incredibly hard to um to get there if you don't have the best circumstances especially if you're not as motivated as you could be and if you get the opportunity and don't take it then that's that's, the key that's huge yeah just because you get an opportunity does not uh, necessitate that you're actually going to make the most of it so that's the key i think i get you but overall i mean i 
I keep saying this, but it really does come down to your definition. Your definition of of what happiness is. Have and you achieved happiness at this point in your life? I would say I'm I'm very happy with my life right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm. No, that doesn't it, mean you're going to rest on your laurels and just kind of coast for the next fifty right. years. Also, I I like to protect it as well. I feel like I've worked pretty hard to get to where I am today. Yep. And I have a fear that it's like, okay, am I going to do Somebody something? Somebody could pull that rug from you next right. week. Yeah, that, that's that's my thing. It's like I'm I'm very happy with my life right now. It could 100 percent be worse. I'm going to try to strive, you know, as time moves on to make it even better than it is. But I, I don't want to regress. No, agreed. No, I don't think anybody wants to. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it difficult because everybody's uh, pursuit is different. Um, I, I would say, yeah, I, I, currently I am very content and happy with my job, happy with my family life, my friend life, my social, everything. So, yeah, I would say at this point I've achieved my definition of pursuit of happiness. Uh, does that mean I'm done? No, of course not. Next year that pursuit could change. Next week that pursuit could change. I think you've got to kind of take a step back and look at it um, humbly too, because Agreed. it's like, we're not trying to brag by any means. No, no, I don't want to come and, off as braggadocious right, or no, that we're, no, we're not the best. I mean, yeah. But it's like, we're, we're, we're happy. And there's, there's a lot of people who are not. And that's sad because that's, that's gotta be a absolutely terrible way to try to navigate life. Navi- navigating life is difficult even when things even are going well. when you're well. happy, yeah. Right. Yeah, we still got issues and problems. I mean, are they minute compared to a lot? Yes, of course. But, uh, um, yeah, if you can, I, yeah, like I said, I've been pretty happy most of my adult life. So it'd be, uh, it'd be difficult to, uh, yeah, kind of go from back at the bottom and see what, uh, what it looks like. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a climb back up. It would be. You'd have a lot of motivation to do so, though. Because uh, you've, you've already you've tasted it. Oh, yeah, yeah. you've experienced it. Like that's, a, that's a good point. It's probably like a, kind of like a drug. Yeah. Once you get happiness, yeah. Back to those dopamine hits. I like dopamine. <laughs> I love dopamine. All right. I think we pretty well hashed this out uh, in our opinion. Um, so, yeah, tell us what you think. Do you think uh, – well, first, define your pursuit of happiness. Tell us what, what is your pursuit of happiness. I like to see what everybody wants and what they desire. And uh, do you think you've achieved it at this point? What do you think you could do if you haven't yet? How do you think you can get there? Is it feasible to get there? Um, tell us that uh, in the in the comments. Uh, send us a note. Send us an email. But yeah, what what are we talking about? Let's start our fun topic this week. Yeah, go ahead and introduce. All it. All right, so this is a fun one. It is, as you all know, it is an election year, and you know we 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 we're not getting political. No, are we? we're getting political. Oh, we no. are one hundred percent getting political. Uh, we're going to take this uh, down a big old rabbit hole. So our fun topic this week is again politics. If you could choose. Any two celebrities to be your president and vice president, who would they be and why? All right. I feel like I always kick this one off. I want to hear your two picks first. All right. You do You do tend to kick this one off. So my two picks. All right. All right. All right. My, vi- my president is going to be none other than Matthew McConaughey. Of course. Why would you not? I mean, he's actually uh, uh, expressed uh, interest in trying to uh, run in politics. He's, he lives in Austin, I think, so he's actually talked about like running for governor and things like that, that there. But uh, obviously, he's a very likable guy as a character in his movies, but I think genuinely as a person... He's a pretty good guy. He's obviously got charisma, great at communication. I read his book last year. I've actually read it or listened to it on uh, 
audiobook, I think, two or three times now, just because it is very, very engrossing, and he actually does the audio for it, so highly recommend anybody uh, read it. It's called Green Lights. And his, his, uh, the whole kind of premise behind the book, I think, is his kind of premise to life, is that, uh, so you know red lights, green lights, when you're at a stoplight, yellow lights. So he, the green lights uh, concept is basically that uh, there are these uh, opportunities, which kind of goes back to what we were just talking about in life, uh, in our last uh, little talk, um, there are these opportunities that are green lights. They, they're just like, hey, this is your green light. This is your chance to go. And he kind of talks about that. So he's obviously got that great charisma. From an actual strictly political standpoint, he tends to be pretty nonpartisan. So he's uh, he's got a nonpartisan kind of approach. He doesn't really – I don't know if he affiliates himself with any particular party. Um so I think a, a non-kind of uh, partisan approach would be ideal for a presidential candidate. Obviously, people love him. I mean, he's been in many, many movies at this point, so we kind of know him as a person. He's uh, great. Uh, he's got a lot of philanthropic. Uh, he's a philanthropist. I'll say that five times fast. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think it would just be a nice, fresh perspective to have somebody of his, uh, his value, his wisdom, um, in the office. So he's my president. Okay. Who's VP? VP. So this one, uh, people, I don't know if people like this one or not. I'm going with John Stewart. Okay. So I like John Stewart. John Stewart, uh, obviously he's the, uh, kind of one of those late night talk show hosts. Uh, but again, great, obviously communication. Um, he, he's got a lot of social issues. So he's a very passionate about kind of, uh, various social issues, veterans rights, healthcare, um, how the government, I, he, I watched a video of his a couple weeks ago that came out and he basically talked about how we were being taxed to death. Um, and listen, I'm not going to go throw any tea in the harbor. I was going to say, are we going to go throw some tea in Cherokee Lake? <laughs> uh, we, we can. Uh, I'm not going to throw any tea in any harbor, but he just kind of talked about how we're like taxed at so many different levels. I mean, we're taxed obviously on our paychecks and we're taxed when we go to the grocery store and then we're taxed again at the state level. Not in Tennessee, we're not, but most states are. Um, so it's, uh, again, that video just kind of struck me, kind of stuck with me. He uh, He's uh, pretty independent. He's a pretty uh, critical perspective. So I think that would be a good good person to be kind of running along with McConaughey to kind of uh, give him, it be in his ear, just kind of talking about uh, all those good things. Obviously very passionate um, about his Anything that he kind of picks up, a lot of social issues. So yeah, those are my two. I like him. You went, you went more um, serious with it. I think like yeah, you went you, funny. Are you, you going Dale Gribble again? No, 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 no. <laughs> but you genuinely are sitting here like I think these two would make oh, good leaders in our country. Yeah. Not, not to say I don't think mine would, um, but I'm kind of I kind of I have a kooky personality, so I like um, I like a little bit of entertainment factor in in my kind of thought process. That's fair. So okay. President of the United States, 2024, Samuel L. Jackson. Ah, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. I think I was watching some interviews with him kind of prepping for this podcast. He has a really good mix of, of being articulate and respectful and, you know, getting his point across very clearly. Yep. But he's also a straight up badass and I don't think he would take shit. And I think he's a straight shooter too. And yeah. I think that's what we need in office. We need somebody who's going to be a straight shooter. Yeah, he's, and of course, I I love all the movies he's in. He's a phenomenal of actor. Um, I just think he would be so cool to to see talk and actually try to work through some of the political issues that we see in today's yeah. day and age. And nobody's going to argue with him. 
He gives no, you that, no. he, he gives you that look, um, yeah, like he, as in Pulp Fiction. You ain't gonna argue. Yeah, with he's him. he's strapped all the time, yeah. you know. So he yeah. he knows how to use his uh, his firearms for yeah. sure. Okay. All so, right. So that's your president. Samuel, I like it. Samuel L. Jackson is president. Vice president. Doctor Ken Jong. Ken. Okay. He played all right. Mister Chow in The Hangover. Yep. Yep. Is yep. probably his most. And he is a doctor. A lot of people don't realize he's, that he's an MD. He's MD an doctor. actual physician. He had uh, he practiced medicine. Um, for I think seven or eight years. Okay. He's incredibly intelligent, obviously. You know, yep. you have to be to be a doctor. Um, I was actually listening to some stuff earlier. And he would be hilarious too. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, just to kind of play off of that a little bit, I was also thinking about a comedian. I mean, Jon Stewart, I guess, kind of falls in that realm. Uh, but my comedian of choice was uh, Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up, is he an American citizen? He is not. So he, he could not be our president. But that's kind of what I was thinking. It's same, same line. Somebody who's funny. And I know we, we talked about this before the podcast and we said, you know, we're, we're going to come at this from the perspective of the actual celebrities themselves, not the characters that they play. Yep. But if I, if I was going to look at it from that standpoint too, I'd pick the same too, because I would want Jules from Pulp Fiction as the president and Mr. Chow as vice president. That would be pretty funny. It would be amazing. I would, I would tune into every single political speech, debate. You know, um, I'm trying to State think of the of, Union uh, address. What McConaughey movie would portray him the best as a president? Okay, so when you say Matthew McConaughey, the first thing that it comes to my head is him in the Lincoln commercials. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. drive a Lincoln because they pay me to. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know why that's the first thing that comes to my head, and I guess that's a really good advertisement for Lincoln. Yeah, we don't drive Lincoln, no. by the way. If Lincoln, if you want to send us a car, we will uh, definitely give you a plug. I mean, your wife drives a Mercedes, so. That's true. Not not quite the same, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about it from their actual characters. Obviously, he won his Oscar for da- Dallas Buyers Club. Um, McConaughey did, but he was, I think, a drug user in that one. So that's not, I think I don't think that's the best character. Maybe Magic Mike. He also played Magic Mike. That would be a good, uh, good president. That'd be funny. Mud was a good one. Um, I don't know from a character standpoint, but I like I, I like them both. Now I did have a backup president. Just All because right, who's your I, backup? And I, he he wouldn't be able to be president because he wasn't born in the United States. I don't believe. I didn't look it up, but I can almost. I'm 99 percent sure. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. He'd get fired up and just yell in that awesome accent he has all the time. Who are you going to counterbalance him with? You got to counterbalance somebody of that magnitude. Yeah, you're right. It'd have to be somebody very docile. Yeah. Maybe Oprah? I don't know if Oprah would be my first choice. No. That's a good question. I'll have to think on that. Yeah. I like like Gordon Ramsay, though. Tune in next week. Maybe we'll kick it it over a little bit more. I like Gordon Ramsay. What the fuck is this? What are you doing? Not not only his outburst. abomination. Not only his outbursts, but the language he uses um, just from that part of the world. Because they have different words for know things over there than we do here. Yeah, yeah, of course. I feel like he'd be going on just this ballistic rant. And everyone would look at each other like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, my wife and I watch the Great British Bake Off quite often. She loves it. Um, and it's, it's some of their, their uh, quips are just hilarious because they're, I mean, they're things that we don't say. They probably think the same thing about ours, but uh, um, it is funny to hear. All right. Have anything else to add on this one, Cam? No. Uh, oh, actually, my, I wanted to tell you my backup. So my first president, and I don't think this one uh, will be a big surprise to many people. I was kind of toying with this one, but McConaughey is still number one winner for me. Um, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
I like that's a good one. I like Dwayne Johnson. He's a, a lot. again. He's also expressed interest in politics in the past. Uh, so I, I think he's very well respected just as a person, not just as a movie movie uh, guy, but he genuinely seems like a very sweet man. He does, and like, pretty intelligent man. Yeah, from what you see, he seems like a smart guy. So I think he could. Uh, and he's freaking jacked. Oh well, yeah, of course he's jacked. You have to. Can you imagine the suits that guy would have to buy? No. He doesn't even, what do you even need a secret service? Nobody's going to mess with that man. Also, I don't want Dwayne The Rock Johnson as president with a, you know, three-piece suit. You rip the sleeves off that bad boy. Oh, 100%. I need to see that tattooed bicep. Yeah. Yeah. Let let those guns free, baby. So who's going to be, who would be his uh, running mate then if we're going Dwayne? Kevin Hart. (laughs) I do love Kevin Hart. (laughs) They have really good. They have great chemistry. They have synergy for sure. They have great chemistry. That would be fun to listen to those two guys kind of banter back and forth in a uh, political uh, sense. And that's a good way to balance it too, because Dwayne's very, I think, um, more mellow and Kevin Hart's just like high energy. Yeah, all the time. It's like that yin and yang. Kind of goes back to that uh, Gordon Ramsay. Right. uh, Who would be his yang to his yin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. So yeah, guys, tell us who do you think should be the next president of the United States? And we do not want to hear your actual political pundits because we do not care about them. We want to hear about your celebrity VP and president. So let us know in the comments. Send us a message. We are happy to uh, um, talk it out. And maybe we'll mention our favorite ones that you guys have sent in our next episode. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for tuning in to Loggers and Loudmouths. Be sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you would like to provide feedback or suggest a topic for a future episode, please reach out to us at loggersandloudmouths at gmail.com. 